Electricast. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting a special guest, Dr. Mark Halpern, to the show today. Our guest is a chiropractor, author, lecturer, and certified heart math practitioner who's also certified in additional healing modalities, including Psyche and Hopo Ono. In both his personal and professional life, Dr. Mark has been drawn to methods that promote optimal health and healing of the brain, body, and spirit. But for many years, he's been also living a double life. To the outside world, Dr. Mark has been confident and capable chiropractor with a growing practice. He excelled at sports and whenever he could, he succeeded at physically demanding, extreme and often dangerous outdoor activities. Yet this was a man suffering from crippling anxiety with a patient or hanging from a cliff. During the initial COVID lockdown, Dr. Mark made the conscious decision to turn what was becoming a disastrous situation into an opportunity to face his biggest fears. He literally reviewed every book, therapy, and method he had tried during his quest to reduce or eliminate the anxiety he experienced for over 30 years. It was a powerful process that enabled him to eliminate the circumstances, habits, or experiences that didn't serve him, and to create a coherence between his heart, mind, and body. Thus, the Coherence Revolution was born. The book and online course, Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment, were created to teach people how to self-regulate and engage in the self-inquiry necessary to create an inspired, healthy, and vibrant life. He's here today to call on us to join the Coherence Revolution and to illuminate what that means for each of us. It's with great pleasure I welcome Dr. Mark Halpern to the show. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You know, I have to tell you, as I was just reading your intro and talking about this information with you, it, it really resonates with me personally. I believe that mental health awareness is so critical and so important. And when we get a chance to dedicate an episode to talk about anxiety and ways of overcoming it and ways to get in tune with our own mind, body, spirit type thing, I think it's very powerful. And I wanted to ask you, at what point did you first realize that you wanted to take a public approach 
torture anxiety and use it in such a way to create the coherence revolution? Well, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, I became a chiropractor. It's been 26 years. I would say on and off, I had shared with my patients who I thought maybe could use the, you know, uh, someone to resonate with them and someone to maybe guide them and someone to give them some help. And so I found more and more over the years that people were very open to it. And as soon as I would tell them a little bit about myself, they would share more with me and and really were, were more open. And so I've been doing it for years on a one-to-one basis with people. However, you know, I was always sort of afraid, like, oh my God, if I'm not fully better, if I haven't gotten rid of all of the anxiety I feel, how could I write a book or how could I be of assistance to others? And really all of that changed once I started to realize that, you know, it's not really about eliminating anxiety. It's about, it's about living an inspired life and being able to put together a life that you can be proud of and something that you can get up every day and, and go to work and have family and friends and still have a life. And, and so I realized that I was able to do that, even though I still deal with anxiety on and off. It's still something that comes into my life, but I've got these tools. And so, you know, really what happened is, uh, you know, in your intro, you're saying during the pandemic, I really just sort of sat down and when, when my clinic was closed, they told us to go home and they, I didn't know if it was for three months or if it was for six months, they just said, you know, you've got to go home and quarantine. And so I basically went home and said, well, I don't want this to turn into a tragedy for myself. And this is a time for me to step up and to help people because I knew that if I was feeling stressed, so many people were feeling stressed with this uncertainty. I mean, that's all it was, is people going home just like me and going, what is life going to bring? And so at that point, I just thought it's going to help me and it's going to help other people. So I'm just going to let it all hang out there and tell people really what's going on with me and also how I have managed to live the life I've led. And the more I've done it, the more now it, it just is not a big deal because most people come out and they just tell me how much they resonate with what I'm talking about because they, they've been stressed or anxious or had overwhelm or uncertainty. And so really that fear was gone fairly quickly of, oh my God, people are going to find out that I suffered with anxiety for so many years. You know, I almost laugh when you say that, not to laugh at you, but I laugh at myself because I think about a few years ago, how if you said the word anxiety, people would, you know, you'd, you'd feel that insecurity, like, am I being judged by other people if they think that I have mental health issues? Does that make me weaker? In reality, I believe that the awareness of it and the ability to talk about your vulnerabilities actually makes us stronger. And it gives us the ability to serve as role models for other people suffering in private. And anxiety isn't something that we're meant to suffer in private, I don't think. And I I also believe that what you've gone through is going to be a very inspiring journey for a lot of us because during the last few years, I feel like there's a spiritual awakening coming on us right now. And with that is the advent of awareness of mental health and and doing it so in a way where I'll tell people, if someone has depression or anxiety, think of them as if they had a broken arm. Would you sign the cast or would you walk away? And I would like to think that everyone would support someone who's dealing with mental health. And I think the entire planet is dealing with this issue. So there's a lot of resonance there. It resonates strongly. And I think from my vantage point, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this issue. In hindsight, I want to ask you this. Why do you think so many people suffer from anxiety itself? Well, you know, I've thought, I put a lot of thought into that. I mean, there, 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 are many, there are many reasons, but as a society, I mean, now more people are at least talking about it. So I do believe it's always been 
prevalent. You know, you look back in you know the 1950s, and housewives were given uh, their their there was like a pill, it was like a happy pill they were given, and it was nothing. It was like oh, you know, you make they make fun of it now in some of the movies or some of the some of the TV shows, but it was you know it was just like a, a something to relax them because there was so much stress, but. You know, I look at it that things have shifted a bit. You know, if you looked 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and you saw a doctor out on the golf course on a Tuesday afternoon, most people would say, wow, look at the lifestyle he's afforded himself or herself. And look at the work they've done to be able to do that. 30 years later, now most people say, wow, what are they doing wasting their time? The people that we look up to are the people that have four different jobs or or different you know four different things going on and they they've got all kinds of social media this that and the other going on and they're busy all the time and so right now it's more about accomplishing the more we accomplish the more we do and we have this what i would call this pro this destination mindset and you would you would notice it as the i'll be happy when story you know i'll be happy when Follow it up when you're a kid, you know, I'll be happy when I go to school, when I, when I get friends, when I graduate high school, when I get my first boyfriend or girlfriend, then it's I'll be happy when I go to university, when I graduate, when I get my first job, when I get a house, then it's when I get a car, when I get married, when I get kids, all of a sudden you're 60 years old and you've been saying, I'll be happy when for 30 or 40 years, well, when is it time to be happy? And so the idea is to create a process mindset, which means that now you're creating a daily process that you can live by as opposed to just waiting for that destination to be happy. And so I believe that we've all gotten in this habit of accomplishing more, doing more, wanting to wanting to always have more. And, you know, you combine that with the fact that there is so much going on in our world, the amount of stress that we're under. And I'm not just talking about emotional stress, physical stressors, chemical stressors from the food that we eat electromagnetic stress. I mean, you look just as a very simple concept, which I have no research on. However, I'm an educated person that knows a little bit about science. And I do know that our eyes were meant to read. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. Horizontally, our eyes are not supposed to be read up and down. But now over the last 10 or 15 years, we've got these machines and, and tablets that were scrolling up and down. So our eyes, it's a totally different stress mechanism. And so you start looking at the technologies we use and the stress we're under. Our bodies are constantly in fight or flight. And the fight or flight system is stress. It's when, it's when our bodies signal danger. Now, thousands of years ago, the fight or flight system was meant to get you out of the way of a lion that's chasing you into a cave. And when you got into the cave, your system should calm down. But before that, all of the energy from your, your digestive system, from your immune system, from your reproductive system, all of that goes to your muscles so that you can run away from the bear. 
but that means your digestive system's not working well, your immune system's not working well, and your reproductive system's not working well for the time that you're in fight or flight. But now fast forward to today, and we're in fight or flight all day from the way our boss talked to us, from the way our siblings or, or loved ones talked to us, or from something that happened you know, outside during our day. And so now we're in fight or flight, and we're wondering, why is our dig digestion off? Why is our immune system not working? Why are we exhausted all the time? Because we're always in fight or flight and our bodies aren't functioning well, and we don't know how to self-regulate. And so now it's all about how do we become... Uh, how do we learn tools to self-regulate? Because what we were doing, it's just not working for us anymore. There's too much overwhelm. You know, it's interesting as you say that. I was just watching earlier today coverage of the news and the invasion of Russia at Ukraine. And I've been talking to family members and friends and, and people on the streets, even when you're out pumping gas. You could tell people are under stress here. The whole planet has been under significant stress and anxiety with COVID, with the turmoil in the United States and globally, and now this international breach of peace. And I think it's important when we look at anxiety that we're able to teach ourselves how to cope and, and handle it and heal from it. And I want to ask you, what, what do you find for your perspective helped you heal from the anxiety and cope with it when you dealt with it and, and really started identifying this as, a, as an important factor in your life that you wanted to rectify and get a handle on? Well, there was one, one point that uh, I remember, and I learned this from a doctor's name is Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's one of my mentors. And I remember sitting in a lecture with him and he was talking about a concept that really changed my whole perception. And it was talking about anxiety as an addiction. You see, when you have a thought, it produces chemicals in the brain. Those chemicals in the brain produce anxiety, and then the anxiety forces your brain to maybe create more thoughts, and those thoughts create more chemicals, and those chemicals create more anxiety, and it becomes a neurological pattern. And eventually, you'll realize, especially for people who suffer with anxiety, that as one problem gets solved, your brain goes to another problem to get, because it wants the adrenaline. It wants those chemicals of stress. Your body gets used to creating them and it becomes a pattern. And it seems like you're anxious about one thing after the next. And so once you start to understand that and you realize that sometimes it's just a thought pattern, it's not actually the thing that's going on. It's just your brain wanting to create more anxiety. Then you have to say, oh, how do I break that pattern? How can I start to change my neurological habits? And that's when it becomes interesting. How do you create other emotions? Right. And so in my course, in the six week course, we, we talk about a set of techniques by a company called HeartMath and HeartMath uses breath work. It uses visualization and it uses your ability to generate different emotional responses. And the fact is, when you start to do this breath work and practice different emotional states, joy and abundance and inspiration and relief and calm and all these different positive emotions. As you start to practice those emotions, you start to create different chemicals in your brain. And as you create those different chemicals, namely serotonin and oxytocin and endorphins and GABA uh, and uh, dopamine, and all these different chemicals in your brain are now being created, you start to create a new set point. But you've got to practice and really learn how to use your breath, use your physiological state, use the power of the heart and how it affects the brain. Because the heart's, the heart's power is about 40 times stronger electrically than the brain's. And so if you can start getting your heart into a good rhythm, you start to affect the higher centers of the brain. And so using your breath and knowledge of how your breath affects your heart rhythm, you can start to entrain the brain's rhythm. 
And once you start doing that, you can affect the centers of the brain that deal with pain and stress and sleep and decision-making and immune function. And so it's really kind of cool. Now you're starting to use positive emotion, just like gratitude, to actually increase your ability to change your physiological response and create different moods and to create increased immune response. And so it's really, it's really exciting that this research now is being validated because for thousands of years, we've had religions talking to us about love can heal. Well, isn't it cool now that there's actually research being done that the emotion of love produces chemicals in your body that actually does help you heal. And you can start to use that emotional response. But it's not something, especially when you're used to these neurological patterns of stress, you can't just assume it's going to happen. You've got to practice it. You've got to now change your neurological patterns. Interesting. As I hear you describe that, the thought that crosses my mind is having us utilize our knowledge of fight versus flight as a phenomenon and then visualizing and and using breath work in our body to facilitate, I would say, our own way of, of weighing in or taking control of fight or flight to turn it around through our own relaxation, breath work, visualization, and all that. And I I love that idea because I think I kind of do that a little bit on my own without applying what you say. Because when you get stuck in a traffic jam, the first thing I do is meditate. I find it as my opportunity. The universe just gave me 10 minutes to meditate, not 10 minutes to be frustrated in traffic, wondering where I'm going next. And I think it's a paradigm shift is what you're outlining to me, at least in my mind, when I think of these things, rather than looking at anxiety as something that can weigh you down and cripple you, look at it as something to empower you and employ these methodologies to help you master your, your, your brain and your body and the physiology and all the changes that are coinciding with that. The example you just used of sitting in, in traffic, I actually use that in my book, that example, <laughs> simply because the anxiety that someone feels from, let's say, just being stuck in bumper to bumper traffic, the anxiety someone feels from that can be just as severe <laughs> As for somebody else who has to go jump out of an airplane, it's it's just this neurological program. And the idea is that, yes, if you practiced, imagine if every time you were stuck in traffic, you put on something uh, that made you laugh in the car. And so that what you're doing is literally counteracting the physiological state. You're like, okay, this triggers me, but this song makes me feel good or this tape makes me laugh or this smell, you know, maybe you've got some essential oils in the car and this smell calms me right down. The idea is that you want to start to utilize the world around you to change your physiological state. And that's, that's sort of the second part of the course, which is in, in one aspect, I'm teaching heart math. In the other aspect, we give you the opportunity to go through each of your senses. Let's say, sound and and sight and and taste and smell and touch and how can you use your senses to change your physiological state we all know there's smells that can calm us down or lift us up we all know that there's music that can relax you or make you want to dance we all know that there's you know visual you can look at a picture and be oh inspired or you know feeling in love So the idea is to use that knowledge in your day-to-day basis so that you're creating environments for yourself. So like the last thing I have people do in my course on the last week, it's a six-week course. In the end, what you end up doing is you have a list of all the emotions that you want to feel during your day. You have all that you've, you know, you've done the self-inquiry, what music helps you, what sounds and, and tastes and all these things, what helps you and what thoughts and what people and all these things in your life. You've got a toolbox now. 
So now I want you to put it together. You do something called a daily time schedule. You write out everything you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, but you also put in the emotions that you want to feel at those times of the day. So let's say you say, I want to wake up. I want to feel inspired. But when I get home after work, I really just want to feel relaxed. So how do you attain those emotions? Can you do breath work? Can you listen to music? Can you put on something that, uh, you know, something that smells good? The idea is how can you attain the emotions that you have described that you want to elicit? And then you start to practice the emotions of your dream life. And as you practice the emotions of your dream life, your dream life becomes more familiar to you. And as it becomes more familiar to you, it becomes easier to attain. And now all of a sudden you've been practicing and you go, wow, I'm starting to feel a little different when I wake up in the morning. I'm still, I have ways that when I get home, I actually know I have my go-to now. I know how I can function. And the idea is to put together a life that works for you. And most people don't do this because they've never done the self-inquiry to figure out what, what actually does work for me. So, you know, I believe, yes, it does take a little work. The six-week course is not, you know, it's not passive. You've, you've got to do something. But we call it home play as opposed to homework because it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be curious. You're supposed to be childlike. If you've, if you, you know, if, if you were someone that was upset and uh, you said to me, what's one thing I can do? One of the things you can do is go to a mirror and smile. Because when you, when you smile, the muscles that make you smile also release endorphins in your brain. Now, if I told an adult who was in a bad mood to go in front of a mirror and make silly faces, they're not going to go do it. You tell a kid to go do it, they're going to go in front of a mirror and do all kinds of crazy, silly faces because they've got no ego around it. But you see, the idea is we can all do these things to start to change our physiology in the moment to change our mood. I love the fact that you could take these different approaches and see what fits and custom tailor it to your own approach for yourself internally by looking through your own emotions and your senses and taking inventory and being able to have stock of that. Going into your book, I wanted to ask you if you could describe the difference between process mindset versus destination mindset and how that applies to what we're discussing in this topic. Well, because most people have that that destination uh, mindset. It's always goal oriented. It's always wanting to get there. And as I was saying before, it's all about delayed gratification. It's always about I'm building, you know, I'll be happy when I get that. And it just doesn't work. And for me, as someone who always wanted to accomplish, it just made things worse because it was never, I never got there. There was no there. Every time I thought I'd get there and be happy, there was never a there. Cause as soon as I achieved one thing, I was like, yeah, but that's not really now there's the next thing. And so the idea was to say, well, then that's not life. What's life? If you have a process every day, you know, you enjoy getting up to do your meditation in the morning. You know, Tuesday nights, you've got your reading group. You know, date night is Thursday night. You know, your work schedule works for you. You know, you get enough sleep. You know that you've added reading in at a certain time of the night because you want to read. All of these different things that you put in your schedule so that you're creating a daily process so that you're enjoying your life as opposed to waiting for some other time to get there and you never get there, right? So the, the process mindset is literally creating a daily process. So you're just living the life you want to live. And I guess we are creatures of habit. So if you, if you can create a routine that fits in all the things you need to bring balance to your life and yes. be grounded, then you'll be able to be successful in achieving your goals of reducing anxiety and, and being able to handle and manage stress. Yeah. 
And it's also, there's, there's a practical aspect to it in that, I don't know if you've ever heard the big rock story. Maybe some of your listeners have heard the big rock story, but it goes something like this. A teacher stands in front of their class with a jar of big rocks and it was all filled up to the top. And the teacher said, who thinks this jar is full? And everybody put up their hand and she said, no. And she took out some pebbles. She poured the pebbles all around the rocks. And she said, now who thinks it's full? And everybody put up their hand. And then she said, no. And then she put some sand in. Sand filled in all the spaces. She said, now who thinks it's full? Everybody raised their hand. She said, no. And then she proceeded to, uh, she proceeded to put water in. And then the water filled up the top. And she said, now it's full. But if you would have put in the water first, there would have been no room for the big rocks. And so the idea is in our life, most of us are chasing our tail. We're getting our laundry done. We're making sure we get to work. We're sort of getting some sleep. You know, we've had our drive time. We make sure we get the groceries but we're sort of just doing it ad, you know, ad hoc as, as much as we can get done. But there's no plan in place. In my, the way I view things is the groceries and the laundry and all that stuff, that's got to be put in last. You've got to put your big rocks in first. What are they for you? Well, maybe it's work and sleep and eating, but maybe it's also reading or maybe it's writing or maybe it's sports or maybe it's exercise or maybe it's doing something that inspires you. Whatever your big rocks are, you've got to put them in first. Then you fit everything else around it because then eventually you'll have time in your life for it. If you're not putting in the things that matter to you most first, you're just never getting to them. What do you think when you when the term coherence comes to your mind, and I know you're very well versed with this, when you are asked what is coherence and what's an example of it, what commonly comes to your mind in terms of that particular type of reference for yourself. So for someone who's someone who really doesn't know the science behind coherence and how it affects the heart and the brain, we've all experienced it. An athlete will say, I was just in the zone. I mean, time slowed down. My muscles were behaving exactly as I needed them to. I could see my entire race or routine or whatever it is. You're in the zone. And when you're in the zone, you're coherent. It's sort of the sweet spot between your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. It's when everything is in tune with each other. So, you know, sometimes you go, you go to a party and you have, there's all this good energy and someone walks in a room and you're like, I got to go speak to that person. <laughs> there's a coherence. There's an electromagnetic field that literally is attracting you and vice versa. There might be an incoherence where someone walks in the room and you're like, whoa, I don't know. I can read their energy. I'm just staying away from them. So we've all experienced this coherence and incoherence, but you know, when someone is really feeling their most resilient, their most uplifted when they're inspired, right? When, when you're feeling in love and all you feel is in love, Dr. Bruce Lipton wrote a book called the biology of belief, but he also wrote a book called the honeymoon effect. And the honeymoon effect talks all about, you know, why people, when they're in love and dating, why it's so intense. And it's because you're doing all of these things to increase oxytocin in your brain, which is the love chemical, buying flowers and doing something nice for someone. And, you know, all these things that are creating love, it makes you feel good. And that's a coherent feeling. You're feeling uplifted. You're just, you're feeling like the world is right, that you're, that you're in the right place, that you're going in the right direction. That's coherence because it's just, everything is working together. Now, physiologically in the body, it really is when your heart rhythm entrains your brain rhythm and it affects your digestive rhythm and your blood pressure and all of it, they're all sort of getting in the same rhythm with each other. But most people have felt it at one time or another. They just didn't know what it was. What's your favorite 
aspect when you were describing that and i think of coherence in my life i think it was when i'm on my game when everything kind of falls in place like you described the party and i think back to being at a party way back when which soon i'm hopefully that comes back again but being at a party and having everything just fall right into place and you have this memorable experience and you're probably at the top of your charisma and people are magnetized towards you you're just having an amazing time yes and, and I like that idea because it's, it's, it's a label that I can easily identify when yes. you have that opportunity or in your career. If you walk in, like for me being a lawyer in the past, walking into the courtroom and resolving a case and you feel like everything just fell into place and you get inspired by that. Yes. I, I want to ask you, when, when you deal with you know, coherence in one's life, what about when people have the incoherence impact them pretty significantly? Yep. How do you work with them to get them back into the idea of recreating the coherence aspects of things? So I give, I give the example in my book of in, in every moment, uh, I'll back up a minute. I look at things in, in one of two ways. It either depletes you or renews you. And you can look at everything, whether it's the people around you, the food you eat, the chairs you sit on, the people you interact with. They're either depleting you or renewing you, taking energy, giving energy, one, one, one or the two. And, and the fact is, is once you, once something is depleting you, you know, getting back to, you know, if you're feeling really depleted and down, maybe the object isn't to get you happy. Maybe it's just to get you a little bit more in the right direction so that you can then make a better decision. And I use an example in my book about grieving, you know, someone dies and now I want you to do the breath work. Well, do I expect you to get happy because you're grieving? Getting coherent doesn't mean that you're skipping the emotional response. Getting coherent means you make it as, as pure an emotion as it can so that it can dissipate as quickly as naturally possible and it'll go through the natural process. So in other words, if I was going to be uh, doing breath work and, and using emotion while I was grieving for someone who died, I might use the feeling of gratitude or the feeling of calm or the feeling of love. And the purpose is not to get rid of the grieving. It's to allow my body to go through it in the most appropriate way possible. You're not supposed to skip emotions and ignore them because that's going to come back to get you later. But if someone is struggling, there's a couple of ways to handle it. One is you can get them to literally just take little steps, add a little bit more coherence, eat something to change your blood sugar level, listen to a song that uplifts you, talk to someone who inspires you. You know, those are little things that can sort of get you in the right direction. But there are also ways to literally change your physiological state in a second. And I've had it happen to me, and I'm sure people have too, because if you meet the response with a big enough response, you can change your physiology almost instantly. And the example I give in my book is, let's say you are, uh, you're at home and you're anxious. You might be crying. You might be screaming. You might be hitting a pillow. You might just be sitting there miserable. but things are terrible. And now your front door knocks and you know, you're expecting a package. You got to go open that door. What do you do immediately? You, you don't have time to say, what do I do to change my mood? You instantly, you know, put your tie up, you know, tighten your shirt, you wipe your eyes off and you open <laughs> and you open the door. Brush yourself you know, off. <laughs> you got it. And as you brush yourself off, you open the door. And in that moment, you've approached it with such an intense energy that you're not feeling anxious anymore. You answer the door, you speak to whoever's at the door, they're handing you something. And if you're honest inside your head, part of you 
is like, I just want to get rid of this person so I can go break down again. But the other part of you is going, wow, I feel good right now. I don't feel any anxiety. It's gone because you've, you've just changed your physiological state. You didn't have a choice and you went and did that. Now, most people don't have the ability to just do that on their own, sitting in their place without that emergency situation that they have to deal with. But in that second, it didn't take you minutes or hours to get rid of the anxiety. It left in 10 seconds. And so it just shows there are so many different ways that we can affect our physiology in the moment sometimes to give us a complete change of physiology and sometimes just to give us enough relief that we can reapproach whatever situation we're in and maybe make a better decision or, or come up with a better answer. Interesting. You say that I, I think to myself as an example here, spirituality, being an intuitive psychic medium and working with people and giving readings or meditating, or even within my own life, when I get spiritual contact from a loved one on the other side, if I'm in an anxious state of mind, and something spiritual transpires, I'm usually elevated where I'm able to step back from that negative, anxious feeling or mindset. And it puts it in perspective. And I feel like I may find coherence just from having those purpose and meaningful moments in my life through spirituality. And I want to ask you, have you had circumstances for yourself where either you've experienced that with spirituality or any of your clients or people that you know? I've had, I mean, because of my journey, I've seen every type of energy healer, shaman. I had people taking metaphorical knives out of me from hundreds of years ago and all kinds of stuff. But what, what really hit me because of the science behind it is I would go to these meditation workshops. I would see, or I'd feel energy moving through my body. And I'd see people around me having energy move through their body. And as I started to understand the research that this writhing people were doing was literally like electrical energy trying to make its way through the tissue up through the brain, uh, and, you know, and release itself. So I was seeing all kinds of different things, but I once had this outer body experience where my whole body shook for a long while as I was doing some energy work with, uh, with about eight people. And uh, it, it was something I'll never forget because there was no other explanation for it other than these people just sending energy towards me and my body just felt it. And so I've seen enough that I don't think I understand exactly what's happening, but I know enough to know that there's something happening and that there, that there is energy all around us, that we do have electromagnetic fields that radiate out from our body and can be measured, that we can have an influence not only on ourselves, but on others. Right. What I love about heart math is they did um, they were doing this research. That they showed when three people were in coherence, they, they were doing the proper work that the fourth person they were with, their heart automatically went into coherence. And so we have an influence on people around us. And what they've also shown is that we can we can create coherence in our own body. And as we do that, we can then create it within people around us to help them create more coherence. And as our community creates more coherence, our community can actually have an, uh, an impact on the globe, on the earth around us. This actually, the research started on September 11th, 2001, when the planes hit the building in New York, because what HeartMath, they had these researchers that had joined different, uh, different places around the earth that were me uh, measuring the earth's electromagnetic field. And what their scientists found was that on September 11th, that the electromagnetic field of the earth uh, had a blip at the same frequency as the human heart. And what they felt at the time, the theory was 
that enough people were feeling the emotion of grief and looking at their televisions or just feeling that emotion that they changed the actual electromagnetic uh, field of the planet. And so HeartMath has something called the Global Coherence Initiative. And the Global Coherence Initiative is trying to get enough people to meditate with the set with the emotion of love or gratitude that we can actually start to affect the Earth's electromagnetic field in a positive way. And so this research has been being done now for the better part of uh, 20 years, and it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible now that they're trying to uh, actually find the science behind this and, and have us help the, help the planet simply with uh, meditation and using positive emotions. So I think it's all, it's pretty cool that heart math, you can start to work at the individual level, plus you can work at the community level and you can work at the global level. And so that's why I became a certified teacher in it. And I'm running these courses because I just think it's such a powerful technique to learn. Why did you create the coherence revolution? Well, I believe that my experience can help other people. Um, I created the coherence revolution because people are suffering. Um, I was suffering and I know what it's like. And so I just fe I felt that at this time, not only did we need to help people, but I called it a revolution because I believe that we need a fundamental change. And that's going from this destination mindset to a process mindset. It's learning how to self-regulate and to create a life that you can start to practice these emotions and live a different life than maybe you thought you were going to. So I feel that a lot of people are, are tired of dealing with all the overwhelming stress. And to me, that's a revolution. What's your favorite thing, at least from this perspective now, after the fact that you've created your book and you've been launching your program, What's been the greatest enjoyment you've had sharing this information with your clients or with the general public? Well, what's really great, uh, because it's so individual, you know, especially with my, my patients, I, I took them through the beta test uh, last February, I'm sorry, last summer. And then we just, uh, we're just in the middle of our first cohort now in the winter. And we've got a, uh, we've got a spring cohort coming up, but because it's, the work is individual. You're doing the self-inquiry to figure out what works for you. I've had so many different explanations or people telling me stories about how it's affected them. You know, a 45-year-old guy who communicates better with his wife and was able to expand his business because he started listening to his employees. And contrast that with, you know, a 25-year-old woman who had no idea what she wanted to do with her life and now designed a, a sort of a life that she's now going back to school and she's included all these other things in her life. And then I've got the 40-year-old mother of three who, you know, is stressed out, has no time for anything. And now because of the course, she's now taking time to meditate. She's doing the breath work. She's got her, her family cooking dinners three nights a week so that she can do this work. And so everybody's sort of taking what they can out of it and utilizing it in their own life. And so it's really rewarding for me to see that there is no one size fits all. It's really take this information and start to utilize it to create the life you want to create. I wanted to ask you about your book. I appreciate the copy of it. It's, uh, it's amazing. I want to ask you if you could tell our audience a little about the book and what motivated you to, to write it. Sure. So the book, uh, the book and the course kind of go together. The book is 
a lot of concepts. It's my story. A lot of people might be able to relate to my story. I go into a little bit about my journey. And then I go into some of the most impactful concepts that I've learned. I go, I talk about therapies. I talk about books that either helped or didn't help me. I talk about all the things that worked and didn't work. The idea is that I spent literally thousands of dollars, thousands of hours, and it was just a lot. And so now if you, by reading the book and taking the course, I'm hoping to save people a lot of time and money so that they don't have to go through as many trials and tribulations as I did. I encourage you to read the books I talk about, to take the courses that I talk about. And then in the last part of the book, I talk about how to put it all together, how to use the information I'm giving you to start creating your own coherence revolution. So the book is a real good guide, but what the course does is it allows me to teach heart math, whereas the book, I can't teach heart math in the book. I can teach it live. The book gives you the the time. It gives you the six weeks to do the self-inquiry, to get feedback. And we do these incredible uh, breakout rooms where literally you start to practice emotions. You start to practice saying different things to people in different ways with different emotion. And so there's lots of time to practice and get feedback and get support. So The course is great to dive into the work and to really get the most out of it. And the book is a great way to start off and to understand the concepts a lot. As we sit here today, who would you think would constitute an ideal person to take the class, the course? I think my, you know, it's funny because as I was saying before, I've had literally 25-year-old women, 40-year-old mothers, 50-year-old men. We had 65-year-olds. It really seemed to cut across all the different genders and different roles and different ages and all of that. But really it's, it, there's, there's this, there's this const, constant with everybody that they, they want to live a better life, that there's more for them, that they, they realize that they have potential, but they're just not accessing that potential. Um, you know, some people are overwhelmed, stressed out and anxious beyond belief. And other people just have this, this feeling that they're just not accomplishing what they want to out of life. And so it, there's really, all spectrums of it. I want people to engage, people who want to engage, people who want to change, and people who want to learn. Uh, As long as you come at this with a bit of curiosity and a bit of an open mind to how can we do this, you're going to get a lot out of it. You know, certainly you've got to practice the techniques and you've got to do the self-inquiry, but as long as you're engaging in this process, you're going to get a lot out of it. How has the coherence revolution process changed your life personally? Well, I'd say for me, it's become my life. You know, when I talk about creating a daily process that works for you, that's because I created a daily process for myself. I, I, I live my daily process. Life is about living your daily process, not about getting really anywhere. I mean, as we've seen over the last two years, where are we getting to? Next thing, a pandemic comes. Now a war comes. There's, there's always something that's changing it. And if we were so caught up on that destination, then it's just going to lead to disappointment. And so for me, the biggest change and just the, the way that I've allowed been uh, able to live my life is to create this process and just live this process and always be open to changing it. If something's not working, you got to go back to the drawing board and say, why isn't this working? You know, what, what would I rather do here? Is it something I need to change up in my life? Is it something I need to change up internally? Do I need to get rid of something externally? So for me, it's just giving myself this process that allows me to have sort of a goal for the future, but it's not really about where I'm getting to. It's the path I'm taking. Where can our audience get your book and your course? What I've done for all your listeners today is if you go to the website, www.coherencerevolution.com, 
forward slash 2022. You can all download a copy, a free copy of the ebook. So that's a gift from me to you. And there's also a coupon there to take the course and there's a 50% off uh, discount. So if you do want to take advantage of it, you do want to dive in, you can get you can get the course for half off and you can also get an ebook for nothing and just really start diving into the work and, and start to embody the work that we're doing. I love when when you can come on and offer that type of an opportunity to our audience. And I would ask them to definitely take advantage of that. I think it's a great opportunity, especially with the, you know, the uncertainty of recent years that we've been dealing with as a society. I want to ask you, what's next for you coming up? For me, is going to be lots more of coherence revolution. You know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I, the course that we have is sort of what I would call an intro course, dives into all of these different topics. But eventually, we're going to get into each individual type of coherence. We're going to have other people teaching different courses online, live and recorded. And the idea is that it's never, it's never the end. It's always learning more. It's always engaging more. It's always figuring out what works best for you. Finding your flow in the present moment starts today, but it lasts your entire life. So we're just going to keep going. We're going to add more tools and more courses for people to engage with and just help people to live their best life. Interesting. As you say that intuitively, I'll pick up stuff as I talk to people on the show and I'll share it with you. And as you were saying that, I got that you're likely going to branch out and have specificity for the coherence revolution for people that go through life transitions like marriage, empty nest, divorce, coping with an illness, something like that. I could see you branching into these different subspecialties and having it coherence. Yeah. And you're going to have other people working with you that are like grief coaches, cancer survivor experts. I had cancer as an example, or anyone who's gone through these tumultuous moments. And I feel like that's going to be something that you're going to, you're going to, tie it all together. <laughs> Absolutely. That you're on the same, you're on the same wavelength. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I see. I just picked that up. So I, I could tell you that you're going to have a good success with this book as well as what you're coming, what's going to come from other books down the road and other modalities, I would say. So it's exciting to yes, have you awesome. on today to discuss this. I want to thank you for coming on. I do want to ask you, since you've been through a lot of spiritual topics, if you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? I always have been drawn towards the wolf and I, 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 I it's all in the eyes. <laughs> they just, they, they, there's just a wisdom there. And whenever I, I used to have this gorgeous picture of a wolf on my wall and it was just the eyes you could look and look in there and they're blue and just going right through you. So I'd like to be wise like the wolf. I love that. I love when a guest can tie in and, and tie it into our examples today. And I appreciate that. I just want to thank Dr. Mark Halpern for coming on the show today and sharing his amazing findings with the coherence revolution, finding flow on your journey to the present moment. When you look at anxiety and mental health awareness, those are very important topics we need to really grasp and not run away from. This isn't something you you try to shuffle under the carpet or under the bed. This is What I believe is so important for survival skills right now in the 21st century is having the ability to understand that you can actually do certain things that can promote optimal healing for your brain, body, and spirit. And I'm I'm a real big advocate of mind, body, spirit as well, brain, body, spirit. And I think that what Dr. Mark Halpern's doing is helping us reintroduce ourselves to those phenomena, that we are interconnected, that we're not just isolated you know, our body has certain symptoms and we have to figure out what to do about it. We're all interconnected. And that's what I think the coherence revolution is about is finding your flow, finding opportunities in your life where you can take control and not feel like 
things are, are, are outside of what you can handle. And I really encourage everyone in the audience to look into Dr. Mark's book, the website. I'm going to have all that information in the show notes. You can get an e-copy, a free e-copy of the book, as well as half off the course. And so that's www.coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022 for the free ebook and 50% off Dr. Mark Halpern's course. I encourage you to look into that. Anything you can do to help with self-inquiry, to help with regulating our emotions and our anxieties to help bring us in line with what we need to do is going to really make a difference in our lives. And I encourage each of you to check that out. You'll feel very happy that you did. You'll probably suffer from less anxiety and it'll have hopefully God willing, a very positive impact on your life. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode, check out this information and until next time, stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the social psychic radio show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, explorers of the human experience. This is Let's Talk Soul, and I'm your host, Claudia Monicelli. We're not afraid of the great mysteries of existence here. Soul versus consciousness, we're on it. Spirituality versus science, we've got that covered too. Join us in navigating these profound topics with wisdom, curiosity, and a dash of audacity. Whether you're a spiritual veteran or just starting your journey, Let's Talk Soul is your passport to the unknown. Let's Talk Soul, diving into the depths of the human spirit. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.